Over the Crest Line, Jumping Highway 50, the Calder Fire in Northern California has finally started making its way to once pristine, now the smoke-filled basin of Lake Tahoe. The order came to flee South Tahoe, now a ghost town. South in Louisiana and Mississippi, the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. No power, scant drinking water. One man attacked, probably killed by an alligator in floodwaters outside his home. Looters prowling. A downpour taking out a highway in Mississippi. A sudden hole, car after car plunging 20 feet, taking lives with it. Back in the west, a scramble to get out. Tourists and locals at South Tahoe. Driving away, installed traffic on a single road still open as large chunks of ash the size of silver dollars falling like it was a snowstorm. At times like this, we must never forget our Lord. It was Jesus who ordered the winds and the waves to still. Abide in me, he said. Welcome to Haven Today, here on the very first day of September. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus and we're in a series called Hiding God's Word. Before we get started more into the program today, I want to go to Lake Tahoe. I want us to talk with Chris Celio. She and her husband live on a 100-acre ranch about 12 miles from the blue waters of Tahoe. On Monday evening, the Calder Fire was racing towards their 150-year-old ranch and threatening their 107-year-old house. It looked bleak, but God worked a mighty miracle. Listen as Chris explained what happened to our executive producer. The fire was a monster raging straight to the ranch. There were tons of firefighters and equipments, and they were doing their best. And the wind was blowing straight at our ranch. My husband, our son, and our two nephews, who were fighting the fire as, as volunteers and family members, preserving our heritage, they didn't know any minute if they needed to jump in their trucks to flee for safety. It was that imminent on three sides. The fourth side was a road. On the other side of the road, the mountain also was 100% in a blaze, but not aiming at our, our ranch. All of a sudden, my husband Tom said, the presence in the midst of terror, the presence of God came over and there was peace. He said, heaven came down on the ranch. The wind went crazy, whipping this way and that way and this way and that way and turned on itself on the fire and blew the fire away. Yes, the firefighters did their job amazingly. Yes, my family, the men in our family stood amazingly, but it was God Almighty who stopped this fire. And we're not much, but the picture of our barn with American flag was national news. So there'll be reporters to talk to my husband, and we get to share what God did. What God did in our little ranch is just like the boy who had the loaves and fishes. But in God's hand, it's mighty, just like us, God's people. We get to come together and stand victorious against the enemy who is wicked, but he, and he is mighty, but our God is way bigger. And it's time that we, God's people, unite and stand together for righteousness and no longer 
sit down and cower because the enemy's big, but our God is far bigger. And you know what? He wins. God is big indeed. And that's why we cast our cares on him. Yesterday, we prayed for those who were hit hard by Hurricane Ida. And now we ask Chris to lead us in prayer for those in Northern California facing these horrific fires. Lord Jesus, we all come to you and you can do anything. And oh my gosh, Lord, you do so much. But Lord, you have chosen to reside in your people and you have chosen to ask your people to pray for on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, there's no wicked fires in heaven. And there's no sex trafficking in all of these things, Lord. There's none of that in heaven. And so, Lord, we speak in the name of Jesus Christ. We speak peace to the wind. We ask you, Lord God, for rain. And we say, Lord God Almighty, use these tragedies for your glory. And if you weren't as big and good as you are, That would be a foolish prayer, but you are so bigger. And Lord God, you always win. Amen in Jesus' name. Amen. And a second amen. Chris Celio from the Celio Ranch in Lake Tahoe. Thanks so much for sharing your amazing story with us today. In a moment, we're going to hear from someone who has hidden God's word in his heart many times. He'll share about the blessing he's found in doing this. And then after this program... I'd like to send you a copy of a book that'll help you, step-by-step, memorize Scripture. It's called Warriors of the Word, the Bible Memorization Battle Guide for Winning Spiritual Victories. And it was written by Aaron and Emily House. Imagine the joy that you can find when you start to treasure God's Word in your own heart. So call us after the program. Make a gift to Haven today, but ask for a copy of Warriors of the Word. And our number you can call us on is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And when you're there, check out the video that we shot with Aaron House, where he gives three simple steps to memorizing Scripture. And when you do make contact with us, Let us know if you'd like to get extra copies to share with your family or friends. It's a great way to challenge each other to hide God's Word in your hearts. Well, now let's get started. Here's the music on Haven Today of Brenton Brown. The Word of God is light in my darkness. Oh, for the hope is strong and true. The Word of God is strength for the weary. A shield for those Trust in you, a shield for those who trust in you. Everything will fade, everything will fade. The heavens and the earth will pass away. 
Word of God, sung for us by Brenton Brown. Here on A Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Charles Morris. We all seek after things that endure. Whether it's a car that runs forever, maybe even hundreds of thousands of miles, or clothes that survive hundreds of wash cycles, or relationships that last our entire lives. But we can be confident that only one thing in this life will truly endure. God's Word. In just a few minutes, we'll be looking at a passage from the book of Isaiah. But before that, we'll hear from a young man named Ben Winger. Ben works with Aaron and Emily House at Piercing Word Ministries. And he's going to share with us what he has memorized from Scripture, how he did it, and how it has helped him in his Christian life. One of the first lengthy portions of Scripture that I memorized was the Sermon on the Mount, which is found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. I was inspired to memorize this passage after seeing it presented in a Piercing Word Scripture performance. I knew several of the verses from that passage, but there was something powerful in experiencing the entirety of the passage all at once. I gave myself a goal of memorizing this portion of Scripture in three months, breaking it up a chapter a month. And then I gave myself weekly goals by breaking the chapters into sections. After those three months of active memorization, I spent the following weeks frequently quoting the entire passage to further solidify the work I put into memorizing it. Three years have passed and I still have the entirety of the passage memorized. Memorizing this passage has impacted my spiritual life in a few key ways. First off, there's a lot of gems in this passage of scripture. Verses that I have known and treasured for a long time, but as I have frequently quoted the passage in its entirety, I've gained a greater understanding of the context that those individual verses play in the passage as a whole. And in understanding the greater context, those verses that I have treasured have gained more meaning and significance. Another benefit to memorizing larger passages of scripture is that you have it with you wherever you go, which opens the door to deeper depths of meditation. I have quoted the Sermon on the Mount often on walks and drives and even silently on breaks at work. There have been days when I didn't have time for devotions in the morning, but I could still spend time meditating on scripture throughout the day. And as I've reflected on the passage, I've gleaned new insights from it. It's like the gift that keeps giving. Often we don't spend extended time really meditating on a passage, but I'm still gleaning new insights into this passage that I have been quoting for years now. As I quote the verses I've memorized, I am also reminded of the things I learned in the past. When we study scripture, we can have these great times of discovery and conviction. But time passes, and we forget the things we learned. But as I continue to quote this passage that I have spent a lot of time in, I am reminded of the things God has shown me in the past. One of my favorite sections in the Sermon on the Mount is the very beginning of Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. I've spent a lot of time meditating on these words and promises of Jesus, and they have been a challenge and an encouragement to me in my walk with Christ as I strive to be more like his character. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. A good reminder from Ben Wenger in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, reminding us time passes, we forget, but the word of God endures. I don't know about you, but I'm always encouraged and even, can I use an old word, edified, when I hear other believers recite scripture from memory. I can't quite put my finger on why, though. Maybe it's because it reminds me that there are other believers out there and I'm not alone. Or perhaps it's because I realize even more what Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and active sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This word is alive, and it keeps on living. You and I speak to each other, or maybe to our pets, or maybe to ourselves during our times of quietness, and those words go out from us and vanish into thin air. But the word of God is different. We know this, don't we? We've experienced it. Whether things are going well in our lives or whether we're going through a trial, nothing speaks to us like the Bible, and it keeps on speaking to us. Thousands of years ago, on the other side of my world, the Lord spoke to a man, a prophet named Isaiah. He was a prophet of the one true God, which means he was chosen, called, and set apart to be the Lord's mouthpiece. Listen to these words that God gave to his prophet in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 through 8. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. These words that I just quoted from Isaiah are good news. Isaiah 40 begins with the familiar words, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And what is one of the comforting things that the Lord says to his people? His word endures forever. That word Lord is an interesting one. It's in all capital letters in most Bibles. You've probably heard this before, but this word is a translation of the Hebrew word Yahweh. You and I may sometimes skip over this, but it would have struck the ancient Israelites. You see, Yahweh was God's covenant name. That means that when God used this name to refer to himself, he was making a special point. He wasn't coming to his people as only the creator of all things. Instead, he was speaking as the Lord who had a special relationship with his people. And what does Yahweh do in this passage? He blows on the grass and the flowers, causing them to wither and fade. And people are grass. We wither, don't we? Every year, you and I realize more and more that our bodies will not endure. 
In fact, nothing around us can avoid breaking down and fading. What has withered since God told this to Isaiah? Grass and flowers have faded over and over again. That's for sure. Every fall we see flower petals fall to the ground, and the grass goes dormant in the summer. The kingdoms of Israel and Judah faded as well. So did Assyria and Babylon. If Jesus doesn't return first, even the United States and Canada will go the way of all history. But Yahweh does something else. The one who has a special relationship with his people speaks, and his word lasts. This is what brings comfort to his fading people in the midst of a wilting world. The ancient Judahites could look back to these words. Remember, Isaiah was prophesying at a time when God's judgment was beginning to fall on both the northern and southern kingdoms of God's people. But his word didn't pass away. And so these verses became a very important promise in the minds of ancient Jewish people. This was a passage that they often hid in their hearts. And so can we. We can take comfort in these words in the midst of our own struggles. Whether you're near South Tahoe, California, or whether you're in Louisiana or Mississippi, wherever you are, as things around us pass away, and as we ourselves begin to fade away, the word of our God endures forever, and we can hide it in our hearts. I don't know about you, but I've heard preachers recite this passage after they've finished reading God's word, say on a Sunday morning in a service. And it always strikes me, what I just heard is a word that lasts, a word that will survive me and you and everyone else alive today, if Jesus doesn't return soon. And that's what we can take comfort in. We are going to die. Our memories will fade away. But the promises of Scripture are everlasting. Won't you join me today in hiding these precious promises in your heart? All flesh is like the grass the grass withers and fades away All flesh is like the grass The grass withers and fades away The glory of man like a flower That shrivels in the sun and falls the glory of man like a flower that shrivels in the sun and falls but the word of the
like the grass The grass withers and fades away All flesh is like the grass The grass withers and fades away Like a flower that shrivels in the sun and falls, the glory of man, like a flower that shrivels in the sun and falls, but the the shadow of your wings album of Fernando Ortega here on Haven Today and all flesh is like grass. It might sound a little intimidating, but I have confidence that you and I can memorize God's word and hide it in our hearts, just like Ben Wenger, who we heard from earlier in the program. Yes, it takes effort, but there's nothing more worthwhile. After all, it's God's own word that we can fix in our hearts so that we can meditate on and recall when we lie down and when we get up. And I can't think of a better way to start doing that than by getting a copy of Aaron and Emily House's book called Warriors of the Word, the Bible Memorization Battle Guide for Winning Spiritual Victories. It'll help inspire you to memorize scripture and find a unique blessing in doing so for your gift right now to Haven Today. We'll send you a copy of this book. You just need to call us. And here's the number, 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. And if you want to send extra copies of this book to somebody you know or love, maybe even multiple copies to a group study, just tell us how many you'd like and Make a generous gift and we'll get them out the door to you ASAP. You can also give on our website, and that's haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And when you do visit our website, remember, you can take a listen to our Great Stories podcast where we've just posted the extended interview with Aaron House. This young Christian will bless you as he helps you hide God's word in your heart. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you pray for the world around you, but also hide God's word in your heart? Come back and join me tomorrow. But again, we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's word. Anyone who has kids or has been around kids knows this. If you tell a child to do something once, you're going to need to tell them to do it twice. That's just the way it is. So too for the children of the Lord. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 4, 4 illustrates, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. In fact, 
Paul tells the Philippians to rejoice at least seven times. Why? Because we're just like children. We get distracted. We get fixated on ourselves. We forget the Lord. Rejoice. Rejoice because Christ has saved you. Rejoice simply because at the end of the day, he loves you. Focus on Jesus and your joy will overflow. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.